the Pro Advice Business Podcast Series. Uh, my name is Ben Leditschke, and today I'm here to have a conversation regarding the do's and don'ts of succession planning. First, just a little quick bit about Pro Advice. So, Pro Advice is a values driven integrated professional service provider which incorporates technical specialists, strategic business advice, which includes consulting, accounting, reporting, and legal services where required. Now, succession planning, you might be familiar a little bit with this, but uh, succession plan can help families, businesses to successfully manage anticipated and sometimes unforeseen changes in both their family and their business situations. It's also pretty useful for providing a clear pathway towards retirement for senior members, um, as well as the orderly transfer of business assets, business management, and other responsibilities. And Importantly, too, it's also used to clarify aspirations, expectations of family members, which uh, is an important part of the planning process. It can help build that balance and understanding between family and work life. Um, to hear more about this today, though, um, my guest is Andrew Beatty from Pro Advice, who, who brings a lifetime of experience to this topic and really keen to hear what he's got to say on the subject. Hello to you, Andrew. Hello, Ben. Um, good to talk to you. <coughs> Excellent. So, Andrew, initially, I'd like to start with a few definitions, if we could. Firstly, um, what's the difference between succession and estate planning? Well, I'd like to use the analogy of uh, a car. So, um, succession is about who's driving the car, whereas estate planning is about who owns the car. <clears throat> so, essentially, succession is uh, about the transfer and control um, of the business, including the assets within the business, um, but generally not the land assets. Um, it's, it needs to occur as one generation reduces their input into the business and the second generation seeks to move in their own direction. Uh, estate transfer is essentially that. It is the transfer of the major assets that the underpin the business. That's generally the land assets. And these two things um, are intrinsically linked uh, in that the business runs on the land, but they can be treated separately. Um, you can own land and not run a business. You can lease it off to someone else and you can run a business and not own land. So you can treat them separately. Thanks, Andrew. And with your experience, um, do you follow a basic outline model for succession planning? Are there a few things that you like to sort of work through to make sure the process is followed and the outcome is generally successful? Yes. Um, while every um, family succession process, succession and estate planning process is different, I do like to run through a, a, a defined process, which I find tends to give a higher probability of success. And so basically we start, start off with a lot of soft stuff. So that is, I like to define um, the approach and the ground rules for decision-making. So that, that is at the end of the day, after we have a discussion, who's going to make the decisions. Uh, secondly, uh, we then, I then like to look at what are the individual's objectives, needs, um, and things that are important to them. Um, we do that on an individual basis. And then thirdly, we take those individual 
needs and objectives and things that are important to them and combine those into groups. So, for example, mum and dad are a group. And it could be that if there are a number of siblings who are going to be farmers, they're a group. And it could be if there's a number of siblings that are, um, that are not going to be taking over the business or being part of the business into the future, they could be a group as well. And then you've got partners and various things that come into groups. Um, so that's, that's the uh, looking at the, the needs and objectives. And then from that, we develop up a set of guiding principles for the, the business succession and uh, estate transfer um, plan. And those guiding principles are, are things that come from those base objectives, and, um, but are things that are used to test um, the plans and, um, and options that we come up with in the next part of the plan. So there's a big line after that, and I, I don't like to go over that line until all of those things are clear. So the ground rules, the individual objectives, the objectives of groups, and, the, and finally the guiding principles. After all that's been sorted out, then we, we then start to look at what are the options and possibilities and strategies for you know, moving through succession and, and defining the estate plan. Um, once you've come up with all of the various options, then they're tested against those guiding principles. And, um, and then finally, after a, um, you know, a bit of toing and froing and discussion and, um, about, about these sort of things within the family, then we agree on the best option and strategy um, to get us to the end point. <clears throat> um, and, and that's then the plan, if you like. Now, the plan's not finished because the plan needs to be tested against a whole series of things that could happen, might happen, hopefully won't happen, um, but could happen. Um, so that's what I call the what if and implications of, of the plan. So most of those start with D. Um, they're things like disagreement, disaster, drought, divorce, um, and you know, disability. So, and yeah, the other one, which, you know, is that, we all will die, but but if there is a if there is an untimely death, um, and as I said, they all start with D. So once we've uh, then then it's really a matter of what things you can put in place to mitigate those, or what things you can put in place. Um, so it could be insurance, it could be um, could be policies and various other things, um, and, and we include all of that within the agreement. After we've got that far, we've got a we've got a plan. And we've got a, a series of sort of what ifs um, around that plan, and then we move to what what are the structures and agreements, formal agreements that need to be put into place and documented. And that can be wills updated, it can be changes to business structures, it can be a deed of family arrangement. And I always encourage people to to formalise um, the, the plan and to actually have a family agreement which is signed sealed and delivered um, through legal uh, through legal services. Um, and, and then once we've got all that up in place, then there will be potential that there will need to be a review and, and define the timeframes within those. And that's the process. Pretty Fantastic. Simple. Now, outside that process, um, are there any other things um, that can be done to increase the chance of success with this process. Any suggestions there that people might be able to adopt? Yes, um, I think one of the main ones is uh, is give yourself time and plenty of time. And I always use the example that 
if I had to go to Melbourne, which is not very easy right at the moment, but if I had to go to Melbourne um, and I had to be there, you know, today, then I don't have too many choices about how I get there and it'll be pretty expensive. Um, I probably have to take a helicopter. Whereas if I, if I say I need to go to Melbourne, but I don't need to be there till next year, then I could probably, well, no, I probably, probably couldn't, but you know, in theory, I could swim there. Um, but you have a lot more choices. I could took a, take a plane, I could take a boat, um, I could still take a helicopter, um, but I have a lot more choice about how do I get to the destination. And succession is the same, because not everything will be in place. You may need to you know, improve the business, you may need to increase the size of the business, you may need to sell some assets, um, you may, may need to do a whole series of things to actually get to the point at which you have all of the things you need in place for a successful, successful succession process and time um, allows you to do that. So start early, um, start when everyone is agreeing with everyone um, is another thing. Um, and when everyone has a positive intent towards the whole thing. Um, and, and that's really what, what the other key point is. And that is um, always think that people matter most. When you ask people what are their, their major guiding principles, then, then in 99% of cases, it is that we want a harmonious family at the end of the day. And so people matter most to, to people when they start. Where it all falls apart is where there are um, differences that occur before this process starts. Then, what I, then people retreat to the corners and you have um, you know, potential for dispute. Uh, and then once you've got dispute, then it's very hard to actually get a win-win situation. It's more of a what's the best worst outcome um, once people are in dispute. Okay, I always say allow for a balance between flexibility and certainty. Um, we can't tell what's gonna happen in the future and if you do these plans early and you come up with um, you know, a pretty good plan, things will change in relation to what you think. So allow some flexibility into it. The next generation needs certainty um, in terms of what's going on, both the farmers and the non-farmers, but, but allow certainty, but also allow some flexibility within that. As, as I said in the process, what ifs are important, so go through and understand those. Um, and also have a, a good education process about, you know, what, if, we, if, we have a, if we've come up with a plan, it means you know, a farmer has, is taking on the farm, he gets, a, you know, he gets a fair share of the assets, but he also has a, a large amount of debt. Understand that can mean what that means. That means a lot of risk, it also means a lot of opportunity. So, Things can change in relation to leverage because you've got that situation. Understand what that means. Understand that that can mean that you get a very different um, outcome than if you don't have leverage um, in a set of assets. Um, have a real uh, long discussion about what's equal and what and, and fair. Um, fair is not always, um, is not necessarily equal. Um, so that's one of the major points that need a fair bit of discussion within the family. And and then understanding that succession is really about business planning. It's an ongoing process. Um, it, you know, one of the roles of a director within a business um, is to actually, is to have a succession plan for management. So it's an ongoing process. I always say to clients when they've finished their first succession, they need to start on the next one um, in terms of their own children. So it's an ongoing process. That's, they're, they're probably the key things, Ben. Excellent. And you've just outlined the things to increase the chance of success. Um, 
uh, let's be the devil's advocate, what are the strategies that might increase the chance of failure? It's probably the, yeah, it's probably the, the opposite to the things I've said before, but really not being clear on what your objectives are uh, and, um, and not having a, a clearly defined decision-making process. I've had a situation where, you know, families have sat around, they've come up with a plan, everyone thought everyone agreed, and right at the end, dad says, no, nah, we're not doing that, because the unwritten ground rule within, with, within his own mind was that we'll discuss everything, but at the end of the day, I'll decide. But no one else knew that, um, so there wasn't a clear decision-making process in place, and that leads to, leads to um, people having one set of expectations and something else happening, and that, that's where people fall out. So be clear on the decision-making process. Don't barge through, take your time. People need time to think about objectives. They need to think about the things you're agreeing to and the implications of those things. Don't barge through. Um, and always keep those guiding principles in mind. You know, they're the things that you test the plan against. Right? We want, our guiding principles are that we want a harmonious family, we want fairness, we want a viable farm for the future, we want security for parents. The plan, how does it go against all those things? That they are the key. And, and where people don't do that, that's where you've got the, you know, the, the chance of failure. Excellent. Um, and Andrew, is there anything else um, to add in summary um, to uh, assist in the succession planning process? Um, well, it's probably, I mean, it's the sort of thing that people only really do twice in their life. You know, even though it's an ongoing process, you don't, as a general rule, have a lot of experience of what happens in various other families. So I, even though it's, it's sort of saying, well, you know, this is the sort of thing we do, you should use us for these sort of services. I think it's pretty true. And we see a lot of, um, we see a lot of examples of, of how it's done well and how it's done poorly. So engaging an experienced and qualified facilitator to assist in the process, who has, a, who has experience in dealing with families that have been through succession planning and estate planning, I think is a, is a really good thing to add to the, um, you know, the things that will help in terms of success. Excellent. Andrew, fantastic. Um, some fantastic tips there for... Um, getting the most from succession planning process. Um, thanks very much for your time today. Thank you, Ben. Excellent. Well, I'll sign off for there and I look forward to catching up with you again in our next um, Pro Advice Business Podcast. Thank you.